the Power of Purpose podcast, where we explore how to live a purposeful life and how creative people like yourself can make a living doing what you love doing. I'm here with my buddy, Jason Medbury, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jason Medbury, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Down the aisle. Glorious applause. Yay. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's been really hard during this pandemic to um, work on on projects. Mm-hmm. And I think anytime you really work on a project, I know so many of us, I know so many of you listeners. Okay. Tell, tell me if, if this is true for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that you are working on something and it just crumbles. It yeah. just disintegrates. Oh, that's, like, that's right? the worst. Yeah. You just have a great, Oh my God, this will be such a great screenplay. Yep. And you get, and you write, and oh my God, this is so great. And people go, this is amazing. And then it's not. It's not so amazing. It just falls apart. Yeah, and it's it's strange where it falls apart too. Because like, I've been on projects where we've got an incredible idea. We've got a really great outline. We got really, boy, it looks like all the pieces are just going to fit together perfectly. And then once it all comes together, you're like, this is terrible. What in the hell are we doing? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. So you have the best answer to this because it's kind of the crux of of, of what it is that you teach. Why do projects fall apart, Judy? Why do they seem so (laughs) good in their formation you know, when you wake up from, especially if it's like you, you had a dream or something cool and you're like, oh, my God, this this will be the this will be my opus. <laughs> and you sit down yeah. and you start making. Oh, notes. yeah. And people spend money on that. Oh, my yeah. friend spent, I mean, during COVID too. everybody had yeah. tested, spent all this money on a stylist for the costumes and the shoot and the studio and yeah. and got back, you know, the uh, results and the filming and it just won't go together. Yeah. It just is not working. So why why do why do projects crumble? Judy? Well, the why same it... way a house will crumble if you don't have and spend time on the foundation. Okay. The foundation and what I'm going to refer to is your message. Mm-hmm. Your message. What is the message Of your project. And that message, what I call, you know, I wrote a whole book about it, the message of you. Mm -hmm. That message can be told in one minute. Yes. It's a one minute, but but every word in that one minute counts. And what I find when people come to me and they go like, hey, I need help punching up this speech. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they want me to make the speech funnier. And I go, well, punching up your speech and making what you wrote funnier is going to be like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. <laughs> It's going down, babe. It's going down. It won't matter how funny you are. Your speech still doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. It just can't float. Mm. It can't work. It doesn't matter how funny you make it. It's, it's, you know, it's lipstick on a pig. It ain't working. And so I have really um, 
shifted what I've been doing, coaching people, mm -hmm. because I would be coaching people to go, oh, fix this speech for me, fix it, and write a speech for me, and help me with this TED Talk, and I want to submit to do a TED Talk, and I just don't do it because I've switched it to, well, let me help you do a deep dive investigation into what this is about. Yeah, see, that's... That's the key right there, because a lot of people, you know, when they uh, let's take movies, for example, every great movie, every Oscar winning movie, every movie that sticks into people's minds and stays there that people buy and rewatch over and over again. People sometimes confuse a movie. Which is essentially just an amalgamation of scenes. They don't realize that the thing that people are drawn to about that film is what that movie says, the message that movie has to them. Go through, if, if you're listening now, think about your favorite movie of all time. When you think about it, generally you think about the feelings and emotions that it created for you. And the only way it can make you feel something is if the message of the film got through. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, Infinity War in Marvel or it's, you know, <laughs> who's eating Gilbert Grape. Whatever the movie is. Who's eating Gilbert Grape? Yeah, you know. Obscure reference. Yeah, the obscure <laughs> reference. Exactly. You know, uh, mm -hmm. I was going to say my left foot there for a minute, but, you know. Uh, oh, my God. But, <laughs> Aging when ourselves. you think about these movies, it's what they're trying to say. What's the thematic message of these films that really make people care? And if you're missing that element, if all you've got are the explosions, the special effects without the story, it's going to be boring. It's not going to be interesting. No one's going to care. So when you're writing and creating your thing, you have to think about what am I trying to say with this piece? And then on top of that, if you want to be a professional and you want to get paid for it, you got to be able to summarize that in one minute or less. In one minute. It's your one minute pitch. Yes. And and so what I've done now is I've broken down the people I've coached whose um, TED Talk went on to, you know, uh, be voted the best TED Talk of the year, like Dahlia Mogaheads, and she's gotten 7 million views, and this is referred to, and it really was, had a message, a positive message um, about um, being, what, what it means to be Muslim. Yeah, and Dahlia and could have very well just gone up there and spit facts and statistics at people. Yes, because she's an analyst. Yeah, That's she could have very <laughs> easily gone up and done that, but that wouldn't have got her, you know, where, what she got. No. No. So let me, I wanted to, so what I realized is that there is, I think it's five steps mm -hmm. message of you. And so I just want to give this to you, my listeners, mm -hmm. on what you need to have in place before you write anything. Mm -hmm. And this is what you have to really focus on. Because if you, so many people I say, well, what's your book about? And I know by the way they answer that question that maybe they'll sell 20 copies yeah. and it'll be their grandmother will buy it, but yeah. won't read it because they don't care because the pitch is not um, the pitch is not clear. So here are the elements of 
what you need to do to make sure that um, your personal story or what you personally care about is going to be something that people will put down their hard, cold cash for. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, that's what we're doing. Nobody, it costs so much money and time um, to write a book and and get it published because anybody can self-publish a book now but it still costs you you got to get an editor you got to have someone do the cover it's expensive but so I say before you do any of that before you create a website mm-hmm. is to get your pitch together so here are the elements number one you need to know who is this project for yes okay who is this for who is your audience mm-hmm. Okay. And so, the ter- and you can't say everybody. That's the weak the weakest thing. Oh, everyone could enjoy this. Everyone could relate to this. If you're saying everyone, you're 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 cheating yourself and you're cheating your audience. You have to get specific. Who does this who does this help? Who does this, you know, who would want to hear this story? Who would relate to this story? Who would be affected by this story? Who would be benefited by this story? Who does this story serve? You have to be specific about it. You can't just say, oh, everybody would find it interesting. Niche marketing is where it's at. That means that you can't go everybody. You have to go, who's, is it for African Americans? Are you going for a Latina, Latina crowd? Are you going for the gay niche? Are you going for, um, you know, women, millennial women? Um, who is your your project for? Who's going to buy that? Okay, if you don't know, um, you're that's problematic. Um, yep, that's one of the things that can lead to that crumbling absolutely. project. Now, uh, n- okay, number two. So, what is the problem that people have that you're? Um, your film, your book, your project, your coaching is going to address. So a lot of people who, this works really powerfully with people who want to get paid to speak because meeting planners and speaker bureaus, um, they listen to what a company's problem, what problem is the company having and that's how they choose their speakers so they might go well we're really having a problem because we redid our our um, budget and there's been some cuts and everybody's grumbling about the bonus plan there's everybody's really upset about that hey let's get a speaker to talk about you know dealing with change accepting change change is positive change happens you know shift happens and whatever and then they'll hire a speaker that deals with that so if what you're doing doesn't solve a problem then Mm -hmm. uh that's problematic so my yeah yeah and and when it comes to narrative as well usually this term comes uh the the sort of the creative Hollywood term is it has legs. It has when a story has legs, it means that it actually is addressing something that people are actually dealing with. Things that people are actually, you know, 
going to confront in their own lives. And those, you know, those problems can be very, very specific. If you're like writing something about a historical moment, you know, like the, the trial of the Chicago seven or something like that, where you're writing about a very specific moment in history and you're dealing with racism and corruption and, yeah. you know, you know, systemic, you know, issues in our judicial system. Yes, those are real problems. But if you're writing a movie like star Wars, you know, you're bringing up problems of injustice and totalitarian regime and, and, you know, picking yourself up from your bootstraps. These are, you know, these are real issues, real things that people feel. And that's the quote unquote problem. And when you address it in your in your script or story or whatever, that's what yes. gives it legs. That's what makes it get up and run uh, on Nobody knows that better than me, Jason, because my very first book where I was unemployed, didn't know what to do with my life. And uh, I wrote a book on how to do comedy. And I pitched mm -hmm. it because I know the problems that um, my audience faces. So my pitch was uh, yeah. to that audience is, uh, do people say to you, you're so funny, you should be a comedian, but you don't know how to do that. Right? Mm -hmm. And so it was like, I know these people, these people who feel like they're funny, they're talented, and they're not getting paid. They're not going out. They're not going to do it. They don't, they, they're funny at parties. They don't know how to transfer to the stage. So that was the problem. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was my audience. Funny people. Yeah. And then, like, like take, for example, uh, uh, let's take a fiction book, like A Girl on the Train. Girl on the train, the problem is what happens when a witness of a murder is an unreliable drunk person, you know, and that the only person you have to tell you that some murder has occurred who's, who could be the only witness to solve this crime is unreliable, is a drunk, and kind of a person you don't like. Yeah, what or then? coming back. Boom. Boom. Coming out of yeah. the pandemic. Yeah. People are like, ooh, that's a really interesting concept. Oh, yeah, that is a problem. What happens when, you know, the only way to justice is through someone who sucks? Or what, <laughs> if, you know, what if your audience yeah. is, you know, people who are trying to work and, and, and have children at home? How do they yeah. do that? How do they have life balance without going crazy? I mean... I, I've yep. been coaching people to, to create webinars for these people, and bam, anything created for parents, like if your audience is parents who are overwhelmed now with their responsibilities, um, and she created something mm -hmm. for them to entertain their kids, she instantly, she's never done it before, and she instantly got featured in a magazine and is making money. So yep. there you go. So ready? Number one is your audience. Number so two is the problem. Address that problem. Yep. And then... Number three is, and you have to have this, what are your credentials? What are your credentials? How do you know this? Mm. You ha in order to sell anything, you have to have had experience with it. Now, if you're a speaker, it has to be something that people paid you, your professional you know, um, credentials as a real estate agent. I know this because you know I've been a professional comic for many years. Or I know this because what are your credentials? Um, what else have you written? Yeah. And if exact, well, the other thing too about it is your credentials. If you're writing something that isn't business based or whatever, is your research. 
your research gives you the credentials to write the story about the thing that you're talking about. If you're writing a story about the medieval period and you haven't read any books about the medieval period, you don't have the credentials to write a book about knights and squires and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. You you have to go in and do that work. You have to read those books and study that information and provide those little tidbits of knowledge and uh, historical information that gives you legitimacy, legitimacy. in I love telling that, word. that story. I'm writing that word down, Jason. I love it. Legitimacy. Legitimacy. Yeah. So you're, you know, so obviously for speakers, credentials is what are your business credentials? What have you been paid for? But as a creative who's writing, who's working on something that's in narrative form or fiction, that's Absolutely. your research. That's your study. You know, I went and I talked to these ex-soldiers who were a part of this thing and learned the things that they went through. And, you know, or I went to a boot camp or I went to a, the, that's where you as the creator, you know, get your hands dirty and learn something about the thing you're going to talk about. And if you think that these writers like George R. R. Martin or any of these guys who have these incredible series were able to create these series just off a whim, just off the top of their head, with without oh, reading anything yes. else, without studying anything. You are, your project is going to crumble. So we'll just keep going back to that. But yeah, that's that that's a wonderful step to think about. Is am I qualified or have I done the work to earn people to read or watch the thing that I'm doing? Yes. Absolutely. And uh, it's like uh, Margaret Atwood of The Handmaid's Tale did extensive research in the past to create what <laughs> create this yes. crazy look of the future. So we have what is your audience? What is their problem? Um, what are your credentials or what is some research you do to create legitimacy? And fourth thing is... Yep. How how do you, what's your why for doing it? You really need to know that, otherwise your project mm. will crumble. What is your own mess to success story? What is the journey yep. you've been on that brought you to this place of being so passionate about what you want to speak about or what you want to write about? Yes. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is a great example of this because his why is his absolute crazy, wild, uncontrollable obsession of cinema. You know, this guy has watched more movies and, have, and has analyzed them more deeply than any other person on the planet. His legitimacy comes to where if you talk movies with this guy, you are going to see not only his huge breadth of knowledge, but also his passion behind yes. it. So you've got to bring that. Yes, to what and you're also doing. your why. He lived yeah. a gritty life. He was at the comedy store. Yeah. He was the repo guy. Oh, you need a car? Go to him. He he did repo. I mean, he yeah. he was dealing with unsavory characters, and and yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah, it gives people so much. Uh, it it, it kind of adds to the to the credibility yes. to the credentials aspect is. Yeah, you have the knowledge to insider write this or create this, but insider why? information. Yeah. Why and and this is where your passion is what kind of flips people to going. Well, boy, you know they seem so excited about this. They're obviously going to get other people excited about this right. as well. And then, how are you going to do this? I mean, the 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 mm. next step is you know what are people going to feel like or what are they going to learn. After they read your book, listen to your speech, um, what 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 do what do they walk away with? 
You know, I mean, I yes. look at a film like the Black Black Panther, which was one of the biggest mm-hmm. uh, grossing African American films in history, and it's like wow, walking away with a sense of empowerment, and mm, um, yes, which is and so direly needed now. Yeah, well, and, and not only that, like t- taking Black Panther as an example, which is a wonderful example because it hits this on multiple levels. On top of being one of the first, you know, entirely black-led cast and slash crews and being as popular, this movie also introduced other people who would have never gone into the Marvel Universe to the Marvel Universe, to other characters, mm. to other creations, to other things, to a new mindset. It introduced a whole crop of kids to comic books who never used to read comic books before. Pretty much any great movie where people are like, man, that movie changed my life is because when they walked out of that theater, they felt like they had had a door open to a whole other world. Like, have you ever watched a movie and then immediately like gone online to like Wikipedia and was like, okay, I got to look this up. Did that really yeah. happen? Did that? Okay. This, what, what was the, that's a perfect example of this. The inverse of this how a project crumbles is if you've ever watched a movie and after it was over you went who the hell was that movie for i don't I have care no, like yeah. what the hell well, was that movie like i don't care in, I don't in th- speaking you know, terms that- these are you called your takeaways so this is why you get paid yes. this is why speakers um get paid a hundred times more than a stand-up comic because of mm-hmm. they create results what results are you going to create and and or mm-hmm. what 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 is the promise of your book then? You know, what are you going to learn? I mean, my book, I, uh, my new book, The New Comedy Bible, I go, well, you're going to get 60 minutes of new material. Do these 48 exercises. Mm-hmm. You can get new material. You're going to have your point of view. You're going to know your persona. So, you know, what is the promise of your book? And you cannot sell a book without yep. knowing what results you're going to give, a.k.a. promise your book. Yep. And finally... Um, finally, um, I'm going to recap one more time. You have uh, who is your audience? What are their problems? What are the credentials to establish uh, the legitimacy of this pitch? What's your personal experience, your own uh, story, your Mesta success journey? Um, what results do you are you going to create? And finally, how are you going to create those results? What is your methodology? Mm -hmm. So in my book, The New Comedy Bible, like I said, um, you're going to do this by doing these 48 exercises. And also you have uh, the Comedy Bible workbook that you actually write in and answer these questions by answering these questions and taking them out and doing it online showcase or in a comedy club. You're going to build your act. That's the methodology of this book. So... You know, you have to know, and this doesn't quite relate to screenplays as much. Well, actually, I think it, it does. I, was, I mean, it definitely relates to, you know, um, um, writing books. Well, or you got to remember go that in, in a first screenwriter, their methodology is the is the characters, the settings, the, the, the set pieces they're going to use to explain those other four steps or those other five steps. That's what it is. It's say, okay, so I'm doing a story that's, you know, for people, you know, for, you know, maybe I, you know, I don't know what kind of audience it is, but let's say you have a specific audience, a specific story, a specific message, a specific, you know, problem you're addressing, all of those things. Well, your methodology is your script itself. 
It is, here is the character stories and moments that I'm going to use to help illustrate this moment. Like, for example, um, one of the most powerful scenes in one of my favorite movies, and people have arguments, and this is not... I'm a huge fan of Braveheart. It was a very influential film in my life. And the scene where William Wallace is betrayed by Robert the Bruce, how that scene is done is one of the, like, whenever I think of betrayal in its most, like, deeply rooted, you know, horrific sense of the word, I imagine that scene wow. and the, how they visualize that scene. Their methodology of how they shot that sequence of him just giving up and lying down on the grass and letting, waiting for the soldiers to come and kill him was such an incredible way of getting that message across to me. That was their methodology, how it was shot, yeah. how the score plays, how he acts. That's yeah, the methodology. Yeah, I can see right that, there. like Blair Witch yeah. Project of, you know, it's happening right now yeah. or movie shot with an iPhone or, yeah. Mm -hmm. You could almost you could almost call it your gimmick almost at the end for for some movies, but at the at the end of the day, it's for creatives who are not you know particularly speakers or speaking to a corporate audience. Your methodology is now this is your fun stuff. This is how do I visualize the message that I am trying right. to right. And then we take this one minute pitch, and mm -hmm. it everything has to go together. Like who your audience and yeah. does the problem. Does it really match the audience? And are those results mm -hmm. um, um, solve the problems that you brought up? And this is all condensed to one minute. And what I've yep. done, and I, and it's just amazing that the uh, the pitches when I the pitches people are now getting TED talks from me doing these pitches. They're they're getting gigs. And now it's so easy to write the speech because it just lays itself all out there. Or it's so easy to write internet copy because it starts with the problem and here are the results. And yeah. everything spurns from, you know, sprouts from this. So if you want to ha write a book or you want to do a speech, you want to do any kind of creative project, I highly suggest start with this one minute pitch and you're going to see that <laughs> your project is not going to crumble, but it's just going to grow and be a commercial hit. Maybe. <laughs> I can't guarantee that. For your special gift, go to themessageofyou.com. That's themessageofyou.com and get your free one-year subscription to the Message of You University, which is full of lessons to help you find your message and turn it into a book, a TED Talk, or a paid speaking career. That's themessageofyou.com.